Hi everyone, welcome to our first ever youth industry talk. Today we have someone super exciting. I've actually known her for um, a few months because I submitted a monologue that I did to her YouTube channel for her to critique in one of her videos. And we've kind of kept in touch a little bit over DM ever since then. And when I thought of this project, I asked her to do it and she agreed. So here she is, Michaela Lysak. She actually did her own little introduction video type thing. So I'm gonna show that now and then we're gonna get right into the interview. Hi everybody, my name is Michaela Lysak. I'm 17 years old. I'm located in Los Angeles, California and I feel like I'm doing Slate for a self-tape audition right now. Um, I'm an actress and I've been on different shows like Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, New Girl, The Fosters, and just a lot more. I've had a long career. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Hello everyone, um, welcome to our first youth industry talk. I have someone very special here today. Um, I actually, she has her own YouTube channel, so go subscribe, Michaela Lysak. I actually submitted a monologue a few months ago and we've kept in touch a little bit since then and asked her to do this and she agreed. So everyone, here's Michaela Lysak. Tell us a little bit hi. about yourself. <laughs> um, hi everybody, my name is Michaela Lysak. As you said, I'm an actress, I'm a screenwriter, a painter, a singer, I kind of do a lot of things. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. I've been acting in the industry for about eight years since I was nine. So I've been in the game for a long time and I'm excited to do this interview with you, Justin. Awesome. So I have my first like question is kind of like a jumble of questions. You might've answered these before on your channel, but basically like the classic questions you get like from the beginning, like why did you want to start? Um, how did you start? And also an interesting question that my mom actually thought of is what was the age where you started to kind of like do the business stuff on your own, if that makes sense? Like doing all the emails and the phone calls and all that stuff. Because when you're a child actor, I feel like like really child actor, your parents kind of do a lot of for it. So when did you start to like take over? How'd you get started that whole journey? Right. Um, so I kind of knew that I wanted to start acting when I was in third grade and I wanted to be Dorothy in the school play. And my mom was like, don't do it. It's going to be too many lines. It's going to be really stressful. Like just be a tree. But I didn't want to be a tree. So I auditioned for Dorothy and I was singing in my audition and I got the lead. And so, um, you know, I was performing on stage and I just really felt like this is what I want to do. And I really love it. And so I just begged my mom for an agent. And um, I went to a workshop and it was like a showcase in front of different agents and managers. And uh, one of the agencies really liked me and they signed me um, just right off the bat. So it was, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff happening at once. And I feel like my, the way I got into it was super easy. Cause I know for a lot of people, it, every journey is different, but I feel like for me, it's like, I was destined to be there just because it all happened so fast. Um, so yeah. And um, the other question. Oh, okay. So I think probably around like 16, yeah, 16, 15 is when I had to start kind of taking on most of the responsibility of like really paying for my own stuff. So um, my mom used to pay for like my headshots and everything and um, like acting classes. And now if I want that, I have to start paying for it. So like I just got retouching done. I had to pay for that. I paid for the headshot photographer. I paid for my clothes. Um, just because, you know, she had been really financially supporting me for the past few years. And, um, you know, I think it's fair that as a child actor, your parents do so much for you in the beginning. 
you know, they're doing the emails, they're reaching out to the agencies, they're doing all of that. So, um, you know, and plus when you get to that age, you're going to be an adult. So you have to learn how to take on the responsibility anyway. And um, so, yeah, around 15, 16 and now is when I'm doing that. So. That's so cool. The, the agency you signed with from the workshop, is that the one you're still with now? Like, are you still with them? Um, yeah, it was AEFH. Um, I just dropped them actually. So, um, like a few days ago, I decided, you know, with my managers, time to part ways just because they're a youth agency. And so we're kind of just something behind the scenes, but I ended up not being what we wanted in the long run for our future. Um, and I think just with me turning 18 and kind of going into the young adult area of the, of the business in general, um, I think it just felt like a nice time for a change. So I'm currently um, going to do some interviews with uh, some really great agencies. So I'm super excited. It's just everything's changing and growing and I'm just really excited for the future. That's, su- that's super exciting. So um, that brings up another question. You were saying you and your manager kind of like had that decision together. Um, people always ask the difference between agent and manager. There's like a million videos on that. So I'm not going to ask you that question, but do you feel like your, um, relationship, I guess you could say with them is kind of like a two front team and everything you do or in just kind of like certain aspects that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that people get managers just to have that closer relationship. It's a more intimate relationship just because agencies always have a lot more clients and your manager is supposed to be someone you can call when you're having an issue with something, Um, and I think that I definitely do that, do have that with my manager. Um, she's great. Um, and yeah, whatever, you know, like issues I'm having or whatever I'm feeling, I can always tell her about it just, you know, like with my agency situation and it's really great because they're like, I can tell my manager works for me. Like when I said, you know, I'm thinking about leaving and she was like, I'm on the same page and we worked through it together. And she was like, I'll take care of find you another agency like I didn't have to do anything she set up the appointment for me and so I think really um, if you're looking for a manager just finding somebody that is going to work for you and will really be there for you to listen to whatever you have to say um, but yeah yeah that must be super helpful to have like someone who can like get your foot obviously agents do that but when you don't have an agent you have a manager to like get your foot in the door because I I have a local agency I have for like two years, but I wanted to, when I wanted to come to like a bigger agency, they have like, you know, bigger clients, things like that. I kind of was struggling for like five months to do it on my own because I didn't have that person that could like, could really get my foot in the door. Actually, my local agent did get me one um, interview. It didn't, obviously I didn't end up signing with that person, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like having manager would be so much more like, you know, they can really get your foot in the door and it's like a lot quote unquote easier. So you said everybody's journey is different. Some people might search for an agent for like two years, right. And like get rejected like so many times or not even get a meeting. So that you were talking about training. And I know like a lot of the times people say like, oh, training is a big, I agree with that. I say this all the time. Um, Training is a big thing before you can work like professionally. So like how, what training did you do before you got an agent? And do you still keep up with training? Cause I know some people do like group classes and other people try to do like one-on-one. How, how do you do it? Um, yeah, so the training I had, I mean, I did the play and then I did like two weeks of an acting class and then I got signed, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but that's just how it happened for me. And um, yeah, it's kind of surreal just because I know I still have friends that have been training for, I mean, let's say like five years and 
they still don't have an agent. Um, but after I got an agent, um, it was like this thing where, you know, they put you on their roster, but until you book something, like, then they'll sign you. Does that make sense? So once oh, okay. you book, they'll sign you. And so that's what AEF did with me. So I was with them, um, but it, like we didn't sign contracts until I booked. So I booked about a month into being in like the business and whatever. Um, and it was like a commercial. But during that time, I was doing classes with Marnie Cooper. Um, I really loved those and also Actors Comedy Studio. So doing comedy and also drama. And I did ongoing classes like weekly for about a year or two um and then I think like two years ago I did one with Warner Laughlin that was like a two-week class but right now I'm not doing any training I haven't trained in the longest time like I really need to go on a class it's just everything's been so expensive like new headshots and all that stuff so a lot going on a lot of auditions but I think that even auditioning and you probably I would feel like you'd understand this just auditioning within itself is like so much practice yeah. especially in person like that trains you more than I think a class does in certain ways yeah. you know it teaches you how to like deal with your nerves and everything so I think that um I do need to start going to classes again and um I think they're both beneficial yeah that's so interesting you bring that up because auditioning I think one of my coaches has said this to me once I do a lot of private coachings for like if I, um, some auditions I'll just do on my own, but if I have one where it's kind of like a, a bigger opportunity, I'll get like, I'll have my coach sit down with me on a Zoom call and we'll like tape it together, which I find so helpful. Some people for our group classes, I do both. I just, I like doing both. I like watching actors, but I also like to have like that one-on-one -on -one thing. Mm -hmm. And when you brought up in person, that's starting to come back now. And for some reason, the other day I was thinking about like when I first started, like when I first started getting in-person auditions for like movies and stuff, uh, I was thinking about like all the things you shouldn't do in an audition room. And I like did some of them, like not drastic things, but the things were like, you start a conversation with the casting director before you go. Like oh. I did that one, like it was like my first month being like professional, but like I did that, like that was, I didn't book it. <laughs> that was like, not okay. One time I had like a big Nickelodeon audition and I was like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, sorry if I was bad, I was really sick. And I'm like, why did I like oh. say that? Like, you don't do that. <laughs> Um, but now I haven't, I've had like an in-person callback, but have you had any in-person auditions lately? No, I mean, nothing. I know that a lot of commercial auditions are in-person and for me, like commercial isn't really that much of a priority and I don't get sent on too many of those auditions anyway. Um, so nothing in person. And I just recently had a callback and I was like, oh, I'll probably go in person but they wanted me to do another self-tape. So I was like, it was really strange. They just wanted me to do like more scenes and like certain adjustments, but it would, I was like, not even a Zoom. So like everything, I feel like callbacks aren't in person, they're Zooms. And I'm just waiting for when we go back to in-person because I feel like that's just the most enjoyable part for me. You prefer in-person? Yeah, for aud well, auditions, yeah, callbacks. I love in-person. I mean, I love like feeling nervous and like also seeing all the other people just because I feel like the nerves give you that energy that, you know, maybe like, I'm just a perfectionist. So when I'm here, I will like try and do it so many times. And I feel like the nervous energy just makes you perform really well. Yeah. I don't know. It works for me. That's, that's so true. I, I found like when I, the last few auditions I've done, I 
I didn't even watch them. I did like three takes. My sister is my reader. And I was like, I'm done. I don't want to watch it. She's like, are you sure you don't want to watch it? And I was like, what do you think? She's like, yeah, you did great. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go upstairs, pick one. And I'm just going to submit it because I find like having that like energy kind of just like boosts you to go do it. But when you do it so many times over and over and over again, it like looks rehearsed and it like just doesn't like, feel right. That's also another thing. This is a question people ask me all the time and I never have an answer, but you might. How do you like, do you have a process like when you audition and how different is your process when you have a last second audition? By last second, I mean like less than 24 hours. Um, I would say for like short notice, same day type of auditions, just get the lines memorized. Um, you know, I just try and memorize the lines as fast as I can. And also, um, I mean, just because I've been doing it for so long, I feel like I can pick up on like the tone of whatever I'm reading and um, just their emotion based off their line and like the other people and how they're interacting. Um, so that's pretty simple for me, but it's just getting it like at least memorized and then practicing like how I'm going to say it, my facial expressions and also my body movement. That's like um, super important for me. So I guess it's like, I know how to take my time with the script. And so on like on normal time, I'll really go through and I'll think about, okay, well, you know, how would this person move their body? Who have I seen that kind of acts like this? Or how can I imagine this person? And how can I behave like the person I'm imagining? Um, and also really going through and thinking about um, before thought, which is something that I really love doing. Uh, just because I feel like it makes it feel more organic. And I have a video where I talk about before thought and all that. Um, but yeah, doing that. Um, and again, rehearsing my body movements. So I guess it's the same for both, but one's just like quicker. I just know how to do it really fast now. I can memorize lines within like an hour and I can, you know, so. Yeah, yeah that's super helpful. I, yeah, I completely feel you on that. I feel like learning lines is like also training. You don't realize it, but like you, like it used to take me like much longer to learn lines. And now I get like a six page audition and they're like, this is doing like five hours and it's like done. And I'm like, I can't believe yeah. I just did that. Like the adrenaline rush, I guess. Um, so now switching gears a tiny bit because you, I know you started screenwriting. Um, I want to know like, how did you get into it? Like, when did you start doing that? Cause I feel like only recently I, I heard you post about it or something mm -hmm. like a few months ago, I mean, recently. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, I started when I was 11. Oh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I really loved this show called Every Which Way. It was like this Nickelodeon show. Yes. And I it was so bad, but I was like, oh, I want to make something like this. So I opened up Google Docs on my computer and I found like a bootleg courier font and I would do all the spaces to make it look like a real script um and that's what I was doing I was writing all the time and I had different shows and I think about the characters and yeah I literally still have the documents from like 2014 2016 um and uh then I asked my parents for final draft I think like a few months later and I've just been writing ever since. Uh, I have like some books on screenwriting, been listening to like script notes and different podcasts, uh, just because that's really what I want to end up in. 
and I've always like written stories and I always like do the teasers but I never finish and um, I recently just really stumbled upon an idea that I, I love and I think is super relevant to today's society and so I'm really excited for that and so that's why I was a little more public with it because it's always just kind of been you know a personal passion of mine um, something I geek out about <laughs> um, but yeah like for years I've read screenplays from different movies I love and I mostly like adore um, screenwriters, not like actors. You, I couldn't tell you like an actor that I'm truly inspired by. It's all writers or filmmakers. So, yeah. That's that's so interesting. I the Google Docs thing, man. Boy, can I relate to that? I when I was like six, I directed directed. I was like six, but hey, hey, kids can do anything. And I directed like two plays. I did like the Miracle Worker, which is like about like Helen Keller, and then I did like Hansel and Gretel, and I wrote the script off of like memory of the story in Google Docs, not correctly formatted at all. And I like put it on at my school or something. It was the most cringy thing ever, but that just brought back like- I, did it. I used to make movies around that age too. And I would force my little brother, like <laughs> I was I was literally like eight, nine, and he was five. Like he was so little. And I would dress him up in different costumes. And I, I was filming on an iPad. I still have the videos like it was called Mikey TV and um yeah and I would just tell him what to say I'd be like okay say this oh and let's, do that. let's dress up as this and like let's do the other person it was just all off a whim but yeah so definitely you're creative you're born a creative well I did the same thing with my sister uh I always tell people like people in our industry like we're also talented and stuff but like we're a little off like to us like it makes sense but like if to someone else hearing they're like you did what like that's weird like that's not what I did when I was a kid and I was like that's all I did when I was a kid <laughs> um mm-hmm. in a lot of I know you probably auditioned for because we're teenagers we auditioned for a lot of like teen shows or like coming of age or you know that whole genre and a lot of the times mm-hmm. for reasons of child labor laws they hire over 18 which in a lot of cases makes sense because they look younger but do you feel it's more like authentic if you have someone that is the age or do you think like the whole child labor laws things kind of like trumps that because I have mixed opinions on it and I always ask people definitely a hard question I think that there are just some I guess human conditions that are universal and everybody can play yeah I think there's definitely human emotions that are just universal and everybody can empathize you know with characters because fundamentally like just because you're a teen like maybe going through heartbreak it doesn't mean that you can experience those emotions and play them well at um any age I just think um it sucks for us and you know I think it's just the business again if somebody is going to save money save time it just doesn't make sense for them to cast uh, under 18. And the worst age in acting is literally 16, 17, 15, that age. My manager says it's like, that's just the worst age and you just gotta get through it. Like that's, you right. know, uh, the hardest time for an actor. Um, but I just think it's part of the business and it definitely strengthens you. So I think there's a benefit to it, but it's also like, you know, you get the call and you're just like, also casting over 18 so I already know that I'm at a huge disadvantage um but I don't know that's just what it is I guess (laughs) right yeah my uh one of my coaches when I was uh looking for an agent I was asking if she had any like recommendations or whatever and she said yes she was like I have a she has a very like harsh term for it she calls it the dead zone 
<laughs> like 15, 16, 17. She's like, it's a dead zone. She's like, you get stuff, but you think you did great. And then someone over 18 gets it. Like it, it just, it just like happens. She was like, that's why a lot of agencies also want to sign when you're right when you hit 18 or like 11 and under like that kind of like age groups, not the teen, um, which makes sense. And also I was thinking for writing, this is something I think about all the time. And there's a show that I brought up that we've talked about before, Generation, one of my favorite shows. I love it. I love the writing. Like I just, me and my sister laugh. I don't laugh out loud at anything. And like, we laugh out loud. Like the way it's written is so just like, Gen Z is the only way I can say it. Like, it's just so like, accurate like I we talk like that like that is like so accurate and I didn't know it was written by a teen until I think one of my uh agent assistants said it and I was like oh my god that's why she wrote it when she was 16 and I was this might be an obvious answer but do you think it makes a difference when you have teen writers or supervisors if you want to call it on a teen show yeah um and I think yeah it's important when you're writing about teens that you have teens there I think it's so important it's something that our industry doesn't really do and I'm surprised by it because you'll see these things on Netflix and it's like it has like emojis in like the thumbnail and I'm just like or right. they'll talk like hashtag over it hashtag lame like you're so lame hashtag lame right guys it's like y'all don't know anything about teens right clearly. so it's hard for us to kind of empathize with these characters because they're created from an adult lens of what a teen sh like how a teen should act um so i think that it is important for teen writers to be involved in different projects that are based around the teen experience um so yeah i think that that's something really important and i never really thought about it until you brought it up so we should, yeah, I, we should definitely like start a movement i, I know <laughs> I've, I've thought about it so much like there are there are teen shows that like I love and the, the point of it is that it's very dramatized and it's very like high stakes um, but when you try to have a show that's like realistic teen experience like I always wonder like you know the credit when it says at the end of a movie or a show written by blank it doesn't always say like the other people who necessarily helped with it and I always think like it would be so like easy not easy but like not very complicated to just like reach out to an agency and be like, hey, we're writing the show. We want some teens who maybe have a little experience writing just to come in and see if it's relatable. Like that's all we want, just to like read some drafts, pitch some ideas, brainstorm, even just a few meetings. Like, I feel like that would be so useful. And maybe people do do that. I can't say I'm not that into the industry, but yeah. Anyway, that's so interesting. I, I ask people that all the time, especially as I started like, writing myself I'm like man I wish more teen writers were out there like it's so yeah, it's hard to find them or like even find classes for teen writers right. um so yeah it's really cool when I can find other people like me and I think we just have to stick together because we'll all be in the same you know universe when we're older we'll all be working together so right that's a great question did you find any teen acting writing classes by any chance um, acting writing I just said acting writing writing classes I've asked um my agent about them I'm pretty sure they're out there but I just never found any that I really wanted to sign up for I mean I'm going to college so I think that that's what I'm just gonna end up majoring in um but yeah no I haven't taken one before I just again like what I've always done throughout the years if I see a show I like a pilot 
I'm watching that five times with the script in front of me. And I'm, I'm looking at each act and seeing what, you know, plot A, plot B, whatever. Um, that's what I'm doing. Like, and breaking down comedies, breaking down, you know, uh, like episodics, procedurals, limiteds, everything. Um, and that's how you learn. And writing is how you learn. You know, that's the that's what you do that. Um, but yeah, I've heard people say writers groups are important. So I thought I should get on that. <laughs> I, my, um, one of my closest friends, she's uh, a writer in like books and novels. Amazing writer, like just amazing. Like just amazing. She could write an novel and have it published. She's the best. And we were sitting down one day and I was like, I don't know if I have a fully developed idea. And like, I don't know. And she was like, Justin, just write it. And if it's like really, really crappy, just like, I'll still read it. I'll tell you if it's bad. We'll sit down. We'll have ideas. We'll pitch things. And I'm like, that's so true. She's like, Justin, if you don't write anything, you're, you're, there's nothing, there's, there's a blank page. You can't like, there's nowhere to like edit off of that. Yeah, I was like, I so think um, Ray Bradbury said, you've failed once you've stopped writing. And I think that that's um, so important. And I was even like Zelda and I were messaging and she was like, um, she put like this thing on her story and I was like, oh, I needed to hear this because I'd been seeing it. And I was like, this is like my sign to like, I'm such a perfectionist, like I said again, but she was just like, first draft is better than no draft at all. And like, that was basically the gist of what she was saying. So just like, whatever idea you have, I think it is important to outline just so you don't get that writer's block um, once you're on the page, because I've had years of just being stuck, um, outlining and then just writing it out. Um, and just no matter how bad it is, no matter you're like, oh, I think this needs to be changed, just do it and then revise it because you can always go back. It's not concrete. Right, yeah, that's, I, I actually know what you're talking about. I think she posted on her story and I was like, oh, I need to hear that, man. Like, that was so good. I have two more like, kind of like overarching questions. In the industry, this is a big question. You don't have to go too deep if you don't want to, but what issues, small or big, are in the industry that you think like us as a generation of young up and coming actors can fix like now or when we like grow up into the adult world of it? Um. I would say maybe teens not being taken seriously, um, especially writers, because I don't see too many outlets for us. Like I would love to start seeing people in the writer's room, like reaching out to teens to be staffed. Um, I know that there's some things with like, again, minors, like there's right. legal things with that. Um, but I just think that it would be really helpful. I know there's some programs that are being started by people, but I just think for me, like I really wanna make an effort to do that in the future um, and just get those young voices out there. Um, issues in the industry. I don't know. I mean, I think there's always things that suck <laughs> that you just can't really change. I don't know, what about you? What do you think? I mean, I would say what, literally what you just said also. Um, and I would say, oh, there's always um, parts about like diversity and who's playing what characters, which can get controversial and stuff. Everyone has their own opinions on it. But in, a, in certain senses, like I um, have autism, I'm on the spectrum. And I always kind of feel like I auditioned for something actually a little while ago. 
and they were only casting autistic actors. And in like my submission note, I think I said like, I love this. I'm like, I just love it. Like either that or have like someone who's really experienced that in the writer's room or have the director be that or like have someone who's really experienced it. There are certain situations like that where like you really need that, you know, truth behind it. There's some story, a lot of stories you can make up and just pull from everyday life experiences. But with certain things, in my opinion, at least, like you should have authentic people either in front of the camera or behind the camera or both. Mm, I agree. And I never really thought about that because I know that people always say, oh, like diversity within skin color. And I think that, you know, we're getting to that place. I think that everything is picking up you see like a lot more diverse Disney characters Um, seeing people prioritize it which I think is really great and I didn't really think about that I think that we do need to make that step to get disabled people on the screen tell their stories um people who are on the spectrum so I never thought about that but I definitely want to consider that when I'm writing now yeah um and I have one last wrapping up question it's a big question it could be a one-word answer I know it would be for me what do you think um, youth, young people, not just people under 18, just like youth as like our generation has to offer, not the world, that's a huge question, but like our industry in terms of acting, writing behind the camera, in front of the camera? Just say perspective. Um, you know, I think with any storyteller, everybody has their own unique perspective, no matter what age you are. Um, and I think that we have a more nuanced perspective of life just because I feel like we're not really like the older generation. We think a little bit differently. Um, we're Gen Z, but um, I think that's what we have to offer. And I think every person, every individual has something special that they can bring to any industry. Um, you know, if you really have a purpose and you really believe in something, um, you know, make it important and make an effort to tell your story. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You were so insightful. You brought up so many points that like, I didn't even think about. That's why I love asking questions, especially to people who have been in it for a long time, like professionally, we say eight years, something like that. Yeah. Eight years. I've been in it for two and I'm like, holy moly, this is like insane. It's a lot, but over just the years, it, you'll just, it'll be like mellow you'll be chill and you'll understand things but I actually do want to say something about what I said previously because I feel like I disagree with myself about like people not taking kids seriously Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like it's not that I just think that you just I feel like it's like with anybody I don't think it matters the age I think that's going to be my answer now I don't think it matters your age just because I think you just need to have the drive to create and your resume will show, you know, your talent. And if it's good, it's good. And people want to work with you because there's so many like young prodigies in different um, fields that adults take seriously because they see the talent. And so I think like, um, you know, if let's say you were to produce a film, like a short film and it went to Sundance and it got awards, I think you would be taken seriously because you have that on your resume. And, um, you know, I, I guess I, I'm telling myself, I don't need to think that my age holds me back because it's how hard you're willing to work for what you want. Like if some, if an adult in the industry 
like these agents I'm going to see. They see my resume and they see Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, all of these shows, they're gonna take me seriously because I have put in the work. And so I think kids aren't taken seriously when they don't have a portfolio, when they haven't shown their talent. Um, because, you know, how can you be credible, credible if you don't have anything to show for it? And you call yourself a filmmaker when you've never made a film or when you call yourself a writer and you've never written anything. Um, so I, I think that's my answer. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, right. You have like, there is one thing, I guess I would say that is like a little bit different is like, if you don't have, um, credits, I think in terms of like respect, people are just by like, you know, looking at you are more apt, I should say, to respect an adult and a kid, even before they see their resume. And then they look at it and they're like, whoa, this kid knows what they're doing. <laughs> and that's the moment where it's like, yeah, see, he told you. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. Or, um, oh, I wanted to ask anything coming up, coming out soon. Here's a plug. No, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I have some like really big ideas. <laughs> um, like just working on a lot of behind the scene things um, with like a new business venture just for actors, it's gonna be really cool. But again, it's like thinking about college and then also having all these ideas and running a YouTube channel and like trying to become an adult, it's really hard. So, you know, I always say like with all of my projects that I'm working on, you know, even the script, like I've talked to people in the industry and they say sometimes it's like their first projects took them 10 years to get produced. And like, for me, I'm just gonna do my best every day with each of, these ideas that I have um, and see where it goes. But for like acting and stuff, not really. Uh, just, I mean, a callback. So hopefully that goes somewhere. Had an audition for a really big movie. Hopefully I get a callback for that. Um, and that was all like two days ago. So we'll see where it goes, but yeah. Yeah, I saw you post about that. Good luck. I hope your voice healed. Was, yeah, I think you really <laughs> I literally got like a 24 hour virus or something because my, my voice like completely went away and I couldn't talk. I was like, I sounded like I was a smoker or something. And I was like, what happened? And so, yeah, I was like sick for one day. And then my voice came back and I was like belting out a song um, for my audition and yeah, so. <laughs> That's, whoa, lucked out there. <laughs> I would have been like, oh my gosh. No, I was freaking out, it was crazy. <laughs> All right, well, um, thank you so much Michaela for doing this. I'm sure everybody really appreciated it. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And there it is. Our first youth industry talk is complete. It was so nice to talk to Michaela. It was so insightful. And I learned so much from someone who has been in the industry for a long time. She's just wonderful. Michaela, I thank you again so much for doing this. Everyone make sure to go follow her on her YouTube channel and on her Instagram. I will put them here somewhere. Yeah, stay tuned for the next one. Uh, we have someone coming up also super exciting.